when we did our succession, um, we did two years, uh, sorry, a year behind the scenes training our next-gen leader. And then we had a leaders meeting where I, I announced to the leaders, look, Di and I are going to move on in 12 months and Jason and them are going to take the church. And as I stood there, and it was quite a surreal sort of night, bundles of leaders in our church, people have been with us for many years. Um, I, I just had this deep sense that a good succession that we were rolling out and acting was actually love in action. We were actually shepherding our sheep to a new shepherd. And I realized I had this uh, kind of aha moment where I thought, dear me, uh, if I mess this up, I'm really going to damage sheep. And I don't want to do that. I've you know, spent my life leading and loving sheep. I don't want to damage uh, the Lord's flock. Welcome, my friend. This is the weekend edition of the Coaching for Pastors podcast. Yes, my friend, happy Saturday. This is the weekend edition number 28 of the Coaching for Pastors podcast. And this one, I'm giving you a special treat this weekend. This episode was hosted by my good friend, Johnny Craig when he had a conversation with John Finkeldy from growahealthychurch.com. John lives in Perth, Australia, and for the last 10-plus years, he has been exclusively coaching uh, with pastors and consulting with uh, pastoral church leadership and uh, elder boards in churches and staff in churches, and the guy's got a wealth of wisdom. And on this episode, he talks about transitions. He recounts his transition out of his church and into his post-pastoral ministry, ministry, coaching pastors. But then he also talks about transitions within ministry leadership in your local church. So how do you transition volunteer ministry leaders? The night that this took place, I was deathly sick. I could not be a part of the conversation. Johnny did a masterful job at this. You've got a lot to learn, so I suggest that you push pause, grab a notepad and a pen, and be ready to take some notes because John is very practical. He's very practical in his pastoral coaching and gives you all kinds of easy-to-do steps to get to where you want to be. Here's Johnny's conversation with John Finkeldy, and then I'll catch up with you on the other end. John Finkeldy, it is so good to have you back here on the podcast. How you doing, man? I'm doing really well, Johnny. How's yourself? I I'm doing great, but we are without we are without our our well. I'm without my better half, is how I should say it. Maybe I, uh-huh. Jeff is not here. Jeff is as sick as a dog. He's under the weather in the worst kind of way. Uh-huh. And but this had to get done, man, because you're a busy man. And uh, <laughs> we if if we get a chance to talk to you, we're gonna take it. Yeah, well, uh, that's not good to hear about Jeff being not well, and uh, you guys are coming into your springtime, so um, it's not the time of the year to be sick, is it? You kind of should be up and about, springing about and feeling good, but uh, you know, give, him, give him my regards and love, and I'll certainly have him in my prayers. I will do that. You know, it's it's wild. You're, you're so right, but I think maybe the weather back and forth is getting, both of my kids are sick right now as well. Okay. So yeah. I don't know what's going in Australia. Nobody gets sick because the weather is always amazing. So it's like, what is a cold? I don't, you would have to be cold to get one, right? Uh, well, we're just starting now fall. Uh, we call it autumn, but uh, yes, yeah, so it's kind of autumn rains have started here in Perth. And okay, so it's 
probably going to be a miserable um, Celsius talking uh, 23 degrees today. So what's that, about 70 degrees? So it's not <laughs> That's just it's miserable. It's really cool down now. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you. That sounds awful. Just uh, What time is it? What Right now it's 8.15. This is... Technology blows my mind. When I, I tell my wife I'm going to talk to John Finkeldy across the world, and it's nuts. Yep. What time is it? It's nine nine yeah nine fifteen um, Wednesday morning. So you're it. Tuesday night. So uh, yep, we're we're way apart, man. You're you're, way, you're warming it up for us though, which we appreciate. Yeah, no, Tuesday night was good here. So and Wednesday morning so far is good. So I think you can look forward to the next twenty four hours. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. <laughs> You've got a blog, uh, growahealthychurch.com, some phenomenal mm. content over there. You offer uh, some courses that you do. I think you have a resources page, and your wife yeah. writes books. Have you written a book? Yeah, I've written about five books. Oh, my. Um, on various topics. I tend to write short books, so that's why I'm up to five. I'm a great believer <laughs> helps, in short right? books. <laughs> sure. I- no padding in our books. Uh, yeah, but uh, Diane's about to release her conversations with a pastor's wife. Very uh, cool. That's very um, cool. Yeah. yeah, that's really – she's very excited about that. She finds writing very difficult to do. So I've had to lock her in her study and say, you're not coming out until you finish the book and just pass food under the door and come on, keep <laughs> writing, keep writing. Perfect. That's, you got to <laughs> keep her on uh, task. Yeah. Published. So it's, um, we're pretty excited about that book coming out. That's well, good for her. That's awesome. So growahealthychurch.com. This is, this is a blog mm-hmm. that you've got over there. Uh, yeah. and it's talking about succession, right? How to yeah. walk through a succession. Now, for pastors listening, if you're in a small church and you have the opportunity to go through a succession plan, uh, as far as the pastoral role goes, hey, kudos to you. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Take some yeah. notes here. Like, what a great situation to be in where you can pass something off to somebody else and make yeah. that type of transition. But we always are going through successions of one kind or another. There's ministry leaders yeah. who are phasing out or, or moving away, and their responsibilities have to be picked up. So I think that even if we're not talking about the the senior pastor role, there's, there's principles here uh, that are going to be helpful yeah. for all our small church pastors. Yeah, absolutely. Because the the truth is, is no one stays anywhere forever. Um, right. You know, that that people don't live in the same street forever. They don't stay in the same job forever. And pastors don't stay pastoring forever in the same church. And so, succession is is a, an essential and critical and mandatory part of life. And so, pastors need to think about it not only with their own succession in regards to their church pastoral role, but also into key leaders uh, in their church, knowing that people might sign up for a certain length of time, but ultimately uh, they're going to move on from that time. So I think it's important to think through issues of succession personally, but also then for various areas of your church. And, you know, I think that it, it creates a, a good environment for people to be in when succession is seen as a good thing. And it can yeah. reduce the fear that people have about m- moving or, or leaving or, or deciding that they don't want to do something anymore. Instead of just dropping it all at the same time, they know, hey, there's a culture where yeah. we want to walk these things out, you know, in a good way. Yeah. And I, I think that that whole issue of fear, um, you know, it's like uh, as a pastor, you can kind of get, you feel like you get all, all the ducks in a row. You've got all the right people in the right places. And then you're kind of afraid, can no one move? Can everyone just stay in the same chair? Can <laughs> right, no one kind yeah. of get out of here? And so facing that that fear of, 
of transition, succession of people moving on and just embracing transition and succession and people moving on as just a normal part of, of how life is in the 21st century. Both, both in, in look, in, no one lives in the same street for 10 years right. unless they're farming. If they're farming, they're there for generations. But people move all the time in, in our nations. And so I think if we look at the fact that, hey, people are going to be with me for a certain time, uh, they're going to get on the bus at a certain time, and some people are going to stay on the bus for one or two stops. Some people are going to ro- ride right through to the depot. I think if we embrace that framework and that philosophy, I think we lower our own anxiety and fear, and then we can start to trust the Lord that, okay, Lord, you're going to bring people into my church. They're going to fulfill certain roles for a certain time, and then you're going to move them out, and other people are going to come up behind them to take their place and, and do the role as well. So I think that framework of approach of I'm not going to be afraid of this thing. I'm actually going to embrace this thing as part of what ministry is about and part of what life is about, to be honest, Johnny. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that's such a healthy standpoint to take. And and your first, you know, you say here's five things we learned right about succession. Mm, your first one yep. is start early. Now you talk about two and a half years. We might not have yeah. that type of time, <laughs> but you're saying start as early as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, in, in writing on my blog about our succession process, uh, we went through about three or four years ago and handing our church over to next generation pastors. Well, one of the key elements I've found in, in any pastoral succession is starting early. But I, I think it's also true in a volunteer uh, area that if you have someone uh, in a role and, and your awareness is, you know what, um, I think this person is coming to the end of their season in this role, um, but you can see it as a pastor, but the person can't see it. Uh, I think you need to start early. And, and generally the thought I have is start sowing the seed of transition early into the person's heart and so they can embrace it um, a, a, as they move along that path of transition. I remember I had a leader... Uh, in our church, was running the music department, and I could see the point where uh, she would no longer be in that role. And I, I saw it before she saw it, and that makes sure. it a very delicate situation. So, <laughs> right. what I started to do was just see to her. You know, one day I, you're going to finish in this role, and I would just throw it out there. And and occasionally I'd do it in a in a teasing, joking sort of way. You know, you're not going to be here forever. I'm not going to be here forever. And she would laugh it off and say, no, no. And and I eventually said to her, you know what, I'm, I'm probably going to see this before you see it. And she says, no, 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 I'll, I'll definitely know when the right time is. And I was seeing it already and she wasn't. Sure. So I found seeding that early into this leader's life that when it came to the time for me to say, you know what, I, I think the time is ready for you to hand over. Um, she was kind of like, yeah, look, I don't want to, but I know you're right. And she did a journey and a process through that. So I think if you find that sort of scenario going on, um, start early, start seeding into the leader's life. Yeah, I think that's such great advice. And that that story, I mean, that should be pretty powerful for our listeners. You know, yeah. the, a, a woman who was saying, yeah, I mean, I really, I really don't want to. I like this, yep. and you know, but you're right, and I know you're right, and I think, yeah. you know, as pastors, we would love for that to be able to happen. She was able to make the move, I think, because I, I basically reaped the harvest of early preparation of seeding into her heart. It, it's it, the time is coming, and I, and I think sometimes also in churches, um, you can kind of get stuck um, with leaders in 
in key positions that you know their time is over. They can be on a board, um, they can be running into the department and you know they're tired, they're exhausted, they're weary, they've run out of ideas, um, but they almost can hang on through faithfulness or through stubbornness uh, or through ambition or some, some, other, some other area that's just not quite right. And I think rather than just coming in and going... Bang, you're finished. Right. You need to leave now. I think you're better off starting to seed that into the person's life of, you know, I think we need to start thinking about maybe wondering tentative language that just throws a few seeds out and you throw the seeds out and walk away. You're not trying to do the deal right there at the first conversation. You're just seeding um, that out there. Now, I, I think sometimes, um, we're, you know, it can happen to you that a person leaves before you're ready for them to leave. But if you're in, if you're in front of a situation that you know needs to change, then seating can work really brilliantly. Yeah, that's great. Your your second point uh, of your you know five lessons is mm. engage a consultant. Now, again, yeah. what if, yeah. that's a phenomenal idea for a staff. But what would be a yeah. what would be a you know volunteer? What would be the equivalent right of a consultant yeah. on that volunteer Look, I- level? Yeah, I, th- I think if you've got someone that, that you have an awareness needs to move on, certainly talking to another wise person in your church who has good perspective on it because you, you might be thinking, oh, that person needs to transition out. Uh, someone else is aware of you and the other person might say, no, I don't think it's their time. I, I think it's your attitude towards them. So bouncing that idea off someone can really help on that. I think also, and this is the key of um, pastoral friends, I think if you've got that point where suddenly um, you know, maybe, maybe you've got the worst, you know, the, the mother of all hellish days arrives when your kids leader and your worship leader decide they're transitioning out in the same month, you know, where you kind of go, <laughs> sure. hang on, hang on a minute. <laughs> you know, okay, this, this is Armageddon going on here. My, right, my, kids, right. my kids leader and my worship leader are going. They, they told me in a month they're out of town. They've, they've changed jobs or whatever, or they've had enough. They're finishing up. I think then, you need to engage a good pastoral friend that you can go and talk to and who can also be praying for you and helping you process that whole transition because that is Armageddon for a pastor when you have key leaders in those roles that are that are central and pivotal to the church. And they start moving out, then you need someone to talk to, someone to bounce it around, someone to give you perspective, someone to say, okay, uh, let's let's have a look at this. Um, have you got any two ICs who can come up? Is there anyone you can see stepping up into the situation? Now, I think sometimes also within your own church, again, finding a wise confidant, because you can have Armageddon like that roll up and you think, what on earth am I going to do? Sometimes you just need someone else in the church to say, you know what, I, I've noticed I've noticed Bill over there, he's, he's actually got some really great kind of connections with children. He's a teacher background, and I think if you ask him to step in and maybe just kind of take it for three months, I, I think he'd jump at the opportunity. And you go, really? Wow, I didn't know that. So I think if, you, if you're getting only your own counsel and your own thoughts, if Armageddon ever rolls up, and God forbid that it ever rolls up in your church, Pastor, because that's, that's not a good day when you lose key leaders and one no, right. foul swoop like that. But I, I think if you've got only your own counsel going out around in your head, you're really not going to get the perspective that you need and the direction uh, that you need because also you're going to need some emotional support on that. And you don't, you don't want to just go and dump that on your spouse and go home and blab 
kind of to him or to her and go, there it is, Armageddon's <laughs> rolled up. You want an outside perspective. We find um, ourselves for, there too often, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I, I think in pastoral successions, churches don't engage consultants enough to help them through those transitions. But I, I would think, you know, generally I reckon pastors don't engage their friends or their wise confidants enough when they're facing major transitions and major successions, especially on Armageddon turning up. I think that's that's uh, get some help, get some advice, get some perspective on it. Because the truth is, um, you know, if we're trusting God, if we're praying, uh, if we've got that prayer going constantly that Jesus said to pray, pray for laborers in the harvest field, pray for laborers. And I think that should be, every pastor should be praying that two or three times a week. God, give me more laborers. Then somewhere along the line, the Lord's got someone there to step into that role, even if it is just for a few months to cover it. Absolutely, absolutely. So the next step you have is write a very good plan. And now, John, I can be honest, this is a this is where I struggle. This is hard for me. I have a lot yeah. of ideas in my head that don't yeah. often travel to the paper. And you say, you know, why do you put everything in writing? Why? People can't remember accurately. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. People can't remember accurately. So, you know, help me be better, yep. John. What, how, yep. do I, how do I write things down? How do I write a very good plan? Yeah. Well, I, I think if you're, if you're pastoring, say you're pastoring a church of 100, 150 people, and uh, to sit down with a piece of paper, just get a kind of blank, large piece of paper and put your flow chart on it. And you might already have that on your computer or whatever, but it's kind of good to play around, I think, with pen and paper. And put it there, and you've got pastor there, your role there, and then you've got your kids leader, your worship leader, your small group leader, and you might have a youth leader as well and, and so on. You've, you've got your key kind of roles there. Then underneath each of those roles, put the name of the person who you think, who you know rather, is running it. Then under the name of that person, begin to put a whole nother strata down there of um, who's actually the second in charge here? Who's actually an apprentice? Do I have anyone who's getting trained in those roles? Now, you might look, you know, you've got a church of, say, 80 people. You might think, man, I have enough trouble filling the main roles, let alone any apprentice or training role. But here's the here's the deal, I think, about putting things down on paper, putting things in writing. When you get it down on paper and you start to put it in front of you, and basically this is what I call a plan for a, a succession transition pipeline in your church. When you go, okay, I've got my kids leader, and Bill's now running the kids uh, area. That's fantastic. Who's helping Bill in there? Okay, I'll write down two or three names of people who are helping. Okay, is there someone amongst those two or three who could be a 2IC? Well, Mary's a bit rough around the edges and she hasn't known Jesus too long, but she loves children. She's a teacher's aide, so she's kind of got the kids thing. Okay, I'm, I'm going to put her in my head. I'm going to write this down as she's a 2IC apprentice in that area. You do that in every key department of your church, and then you begin to think, and this is the beauty of a written plan, Johnny, is that you then begin to think, okay, what can I do when Bill goes to make Mary the leader? What can I do in training her, developing her, upskilling her, getting her ready for the next deal? Maybe there's a couple of great books. Actually, I know a couple of great books on kids' work. I'm going to start putting those through to her. Whenever I find a blog post on kids' work, I'm going to email it to her and say, hey, Mary, read this. This is great. I'm going to have Mary over to my house. We're going to have a barbecue with a few other leaders, and I'm going to kind of get her in the circle, and I'm just going to 
really? What am I going to do? I'm going to disciple her. I'm going to raise her up. I'm going to get her into that place. Now, I think sometimes what goes on in most pastors' heads is they 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 fail to see the Marys. Sure. They don't see the Marys. And, you know, my, my conviction is, Johnny, they're there. And writing it down on a bit of paper helps you to see them, helps you to analyze them and kind of work out, hey, I, th- I think there's potential and possibility here. But when we're just staring at a blank wall and going, oh, my goodness, you know, if Bill goes, I'm shot. What happens? <laughs> or Bill goes and wall. then you have no succession plan because Bill has walked out. <laughs> Now, I'm getting back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And where where do we go now that you know Bill's walked out the door? Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that's sort of planning, writing things down, and then also once you got that bit on paper, then you go and talk to your other pastor friend, your wise confidence. Say, hey, I'm working on this. You got any ideas on this? You got any thoughts on this? And you can kind of stimulate uh, the thought that you know what, there's people out there. And I've been surprised again and again in our own church. I've seen people uh, rise to a level of leadership and commitment that I didn't even have a clue was in them. Didn't have a clue, but you make space, you pray into it, you're prayerful about it, you're looking for it, um, you focus on it. And a good friend of mine, Phil Pringle, says, what you focus on will grow. If you'll focus on training, developing, two ICs, apprentices, um, then that will grow in your church. Now, just real quick, before we get to the mm. fourth one, you, you keep saying, saying two, two IC? Oh, second in charge. Okay, okay, second in charge. Okay. Sorry, that's an abbreviation. You got, I, I love it. Second just, in charge. Now we're yeah. all talking the same language here, man, with the yeah. two ICs. <laughs> I'm speaking Australian. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh, your fourth thing uh, is manage your ego. Now, I assume you mean whoever is being transitioned needs to manage yeah. their ego. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I had, a, I had a youth intern and I was giving him, it wasn't a succession plan per se, but I was offloading yeah. a, a ton of responsibility onto him. Yeah. And it yeah. became very clear that the youth were responding to him and, and they liked him <laughs> a lot more than they liked me. <laughs> and there was this moment where it was like, does this bother me? <laughs> Am I like hurt by the fact that he's got a little, like they like him more than me? You got to manage yeah. your ego. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I think that's a great story, Johnny. And that's the <laughs> truth, isn't it? That suddenly we're raising someone up um, or it might be Bill starts to raise Mary up and Mary begins to shine in such a way that Bill starts to feel a bit threatened. You sure. And then your, your role as a pastor is, is to really disciple Bill at that moment and say, hey, 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 come on, come on. What we're here to do is to get people to shine in their gifting and their ability and their talent to the very best way uh, that we can. So I, I think you kind of help helping build that and manage your ego, just like you're telling me, I mean, what you went through with that leader. And that, that's, you know, it's an interesting thing. There's a bit of a conundrum, really, that our longing is to see people rise to the fullness of what Christ has yeah. called them to and given to them, it's suddenly when they do, we kind of go, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> as long whoa. as their fullness is not greater than our fullness. <laughs> as long as they don't rise too high. Ain't <laughs> that the truth? Yeah, that's tough. And so I, I think um, when people start to rise in our church and you might get a worship leader that starts to rise or everyone starts raving about Bill, the new kids leader, and wow, kids 
the kids' church is just thriving under Bill. You can kind of feel happy about that in one way, but there's another way where you go, hang on, hang on a little minute. I'm not getting many mentions about my preaching, but yeah, Bill's kind of exactly. all, the, all the stories going on on here. Facebook is just beaming with Bill's picture and the kids, and no one's talking up my sermon. What's happening? That's exactly. The sermon will always be the last thing talked up. Yeah. Believe that. <laughs> Believe that. <laughs> That's uh, true, man. I'm going to start posting under a false name that that sermon was fantastic. <laughs> Just a little, oh, this guy likes me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe some pastors do that. They set up kind of multiple face, uh, Facebook false identities. Oh, man. An ego. See if, if that ever goes on, Johnny. Get other people to like, like it and comment. Like, yeah, that was pretty good. That would be something else. That would be something <laughs> I don't. Please don't do that, Pastor. That is not no, a piece no, of advice. Don't do that. No. Not a good move. No. Your last point. Well, you have, you have two. It's kind of funny. You said five, and then you have six. But your last yeah, no. major one is a successful succession is good shepherding. What, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Look, uh, this came out of an uh, look an, an experience we had in the in our pastoral succession, but it extends way beyond just a pastoral succession. Uh, when we did our succession, um, we did two years, uh, sorry, a year behind the scenes training our next gen leader, and then we had a leaders meeting where I, I announced to the leaders, "Look, Di and I are going to move on in twelve months, and Jason and them are going to take the church." And as I stood there, and it was quite a surreal sort of night. Bundles of leaders in our church, people have been with us for many years um i i just had this deep sense that a good succession that we were rolling out and acting was actually love in action we we're actually shepherding our sheep to a new shepherd and i realized i had this uh, kind of aha moment where i thought dear me uh, if i mess this up i'm really going to damage sheep and I don't want to do that. I've you know, spent my life leading and loving sheep. I don't want to damage uh, the Lord's flock. And I think whenever you handle a succession well, either by seeding for it, by setting up apprentices and second in charges and pipelines and so on, uh, even by praying more regularly into this area of, of up-and-coming leaders, sharing with confidence, all these aspects of a successful transition succession. Actually, what you're doing is making sure that the flock of Jesus is looked after and cared for. You're really saying to people, I care enough about you to make sure we're giving a lot of thought to the next step um, leader uh, who's coming up through the ranks, whether <clears throat> excuse me, whether it be through youth or the small groups or whatever, I'm. This is actually an act of love in action. Absolutely. Uh, that, yeah. That I. I think that's. I think that's why my heart gets very burdened when I see churches, either at a pastoral level or a volunteer level, when when succession is done poorly and haphazardly and you know, uh, spontaneously, oh, we're just going to do this and off we do it. And and people get disillusioned. The, the trust gets broken and they feel ambushed. And people um, will inevitably leave in a situation yeah. like that. Yeah. And, then, and then you've yeah. lost your opportunity to, to shepherd and yeah. to love those people anymore. That's right. Yeah, that's absolutely. right. And, and sometimes they... They find it difficult to then trust again uh, leaders who have been sloppy in their handling of these really important things. Absolutely. Now, the the last one you threw in, you say, just be kind to yourself. Successions yeah. are hard. They're hard. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. you know, go easy. on. Don't, don't beat yourself up, right, if this thing doesn't yep. happen exactly the way that you yep. dreamed it up. 
that's a hard yep. thing. You're dealing with people and emotions, and that's that's tough. Yeah, look, look, it is. And I, I've, I've been sitting here while we've been talking, and I'm 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 imagining pastors out there who are out for a walk and a jog, or driving in their car, and or you know sitting on a plane. They're listening to this podcast, and that they're thinking, "Oh man, this is a lot of hard work." <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm almost as we're going along thinking, "Oh my goodness, this is this is sound like tough work." And and the truth is, it is tough work. Um, thinking transitions in, in your volunteer base in your church, thinking apprentices and second in charges, thinking all those things through. This this is demanding. This is demanding on you emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and even physically. So I, I'd say to pastors, be kind to yourself. Um, whenever you're doing transitions of key leaders, and if, if you've if you've got someone like I had who was kind of like needed a lot of seeding before I reap the harvest of them moving on, you know, that's that's going to be difficult because you're going to be the person initiating the seeding and the awkward conversation to say, I think it's time for you to kind of step up into another role or move out and let someone else take your place. So be kind to yourself in these deals. And look, they don't always go well, Johnny. You know, we, sure. we plan, we prepare, we put all the things into place and then, you know, some people just, um, we have an expression in Australia, some people throw a wobbly. Um, okay. Which means they just kind of they get the wobbles. They just start getting rattled and shaken by it all. And you know, well, if you're going to treat me like that, I'm out of here. And they try a bit of emotional sure. and so on. And things get that, wonky. That can happen. We say wonky, you know, wonky. Okay, they can get wonky. Yeah, same sort. Of thing. <laughs> same yeah, thing. Yeah, no, yeah. Familiar with that phrase too. So, I, I think be kind to yourself, Pastor, as you lead uh, various members of your church through transition and succession. Be kind to yourself. But uh, but I think above that, the last principle holds true: is is you need to do transition moments in your church for the sake of your church. And don't so be so kind to yourself that you don't make the hard decisions that you need to make. That you're going to go. Oh well, I'll, I'll just I'll just cruise through this and and leave that you know ineffective leader, tired leader, maybe even a toxic leader that I don't want to tackle. I'll just be kind to myself and leave them alone. I don't, I'm not talking about that kind of kindness. I I think I think shepherding your flock well trumps that sort of kindness that you yeah. have to be courageous. Um, but in the process, look after yourself as well because it's demanding. This is demanding stuff. Yeah. Well, John, it was kind of you to hang out with i want to say us but i guess it's just me it was kind of you to hang out with me john thanks so much for being on the podcast with us cool my pleasure that's it my friend i told you it was going to be practical and very helpful from the lips of john finkeldy you won't believe it but that episode was actually recorded seven and a half years ago in early 2015 and what's neat is that john is still going after it Here, uh, seven and a half years later, he is is stronger than ever, better than ever, and still connected and connecting with church leadership and doing a great job of coaching church leaders. So I hope you enjoyed uh, that episode with John. I also hope you enjoyed getting to know Johnny just a little bit. If you don't know him, if you don't listen to our other podcast, now you've had the opportunity to hear him. Hey, thanks for listening today. Thanks for listening this whole past week. If you want to follow up with John, go to growahealthychurch.com. And I will talk to you on Monday on the next episode of the Coaching for Pastors podcast.